today is International Women of Science Day and I'm at Waters in Wilmslow uh, and I'm talking to ladies who are in science. Hello ladies. Hello. Okay, let's have a name check first of all. Who do we have here today? Jessica, Nicola, Laura, Lucy, Roz and Chloe. Uh, what made you choose a career in science? I'm not actually a scientist, I'm an engineer, but um, I suppose I've naturally got quite a logical brain, so all the girls here have chosen science and math sort of GCSEs, A-levels, but I've also got a bit of that right brain creativity, so engineering just felt like a good fit. And I was lucky enough to have a teacher at high school who'd been an engineer and she was the one who sort of promoted it for me and I got researching and it, it's been alright so far. Why does anybody think that uh, it's important to encourage ladies to work in science? I think one of the reasons we've got such a skills shortage in the UK, particularly in all STEM areas, science and engineering, uh, software engineering, um, so encouraging the females into that will really help fill the skills gap. Did any, any of you ladies face any difficulties in your own careers in science? Yeah, so I think the difficulties and challenges have kind of um, sort of mirrored the different stages of life. So I think when I was younger, I first started out in science, uh, I used to find it really difficult kind of standing up in front of audiences and presenting my work. Uh, and that sort of put me off doing a PhD until later. And then as I kind of grew and became more sort of confident in my in my ability, I was then able to kind of, you know, um, sort of stand up and do presentations then. And that kind of led me to a, a career here where, you know, I was presenting in front of large audiences um, kind of all the time, really. So just overcoming things like that. And I think these days the challenges are all around kind of work-life balance and how we sort of, you know, stay good at our jobs and fit it around kind of family life and looking after children. I think a lot of women do that here. Uh, I think it is possible, you know, with sort of the right support and flexibility just has to be really good at juggling. What initiatives do Waters in Wilmslow have that focus on promoting women in science? Um, so we've got um, a diversity and inclusion team, and um, we've also got STEM team. Um, one of the things we've been doing in particular is supporting the WISE initiative called Bring Your Daughters to Work Day. So we bring in a lot of girls from the local area um, and encourage them to find science you know, exciting, show them the types of things that we do here, types of careers. Um, we're also trying to support the women that we've got on site with different um, areas of support, with training um, and celebrating kind of the people's careers within on the site. Right, chatting to Nicola from Waters in Wilmslow. Um, I was expecting to see here, Nicola, um, things like, you know, quantum leap, things like that, like men with crazy wild white hair, white overalls. It's not like that here, is it? It's not at all. Um, here at Waters, we cite that design, manufacture and distribute scientific equipment. We do have labs, but they're not for crazy scientists. They're for amazing, intelligent, scientific discovery and delivering products that work towards using science to enhance, at the very core of it, human health and well-being. Uh, I shouldn't be talking to you because you're a guy, Nick. Uh, but you're here at Waters Wilmslow, all about science. Um, well, from your point of view, ladies in science? I have two daughters, um, and even at the young ages um, of five and nine, you can already see the sort of stereotypes of whether girls should be in science or interested in science. So I have a sort of personal um, connection to it. As a corporation, as an out outreach activity, I think it's really important that we try and um, discover why girls and women don't go into science as much. Um, and I think that's maybe a bit of an unknown at the moment. Um, to hopefully get more and more through the door so the percentages of women in, in the building is, it goes up. Right, okay, so uh, I'm going to do a science experiment. Is this right? That's correct, yeah. Okay, so um, what have we got to do? So I want you to take a fruit pastel. I don't want you to show me what colour it is, and I want you to chew it. So, right, okay. 
fruit pastel. Think one of our favourite ones. Chew. Chew it or suck it? Chew it. Chew it. Till you get all the flavour out. Alright, okay. Mmm. And then I want you to breathe into that tube for me. Can I swallow it? <laughs> yeah. It's one of the bonuses of this experiment. You can actually eat the sweet. I'm enjoying that. <laughs> right, okay, here we go. Blow hard, yeah? Yeah, like a breathalyzer. D don't need to put it in. Yeah, just don't do that. Oh, right, okay. That's it. What are we, what are we looking at? So we're looking on the graph here at where we see, so this is a normal trace here, it's just a flat line. Yeah. And then we're looking for any peaks that appear in each of these traces. Right. Each of these traces corresponds to a different coloured sweet. Okay. So we can tell if you had a particular coloured sweet based on the peak that appears in each trace. Um, so from that I'd say you probably had the red one. Yeah you're right. <laughs> Did you know that? So, so see here, you've got, yeah. so there's numbers here, okay? So 145, 131, 130. They correspond to um, components that you'd find in the particular sweet itself. So each sweet has got different ah. colourings and sugars in it. So we can home in on which particular sweet you needed just based on those mass numbers. Wow. Amazing. There we go. <laughs> Have another swe